More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes. I think we're just going to resign to the fact that we probably cannot grow the city of Milwaukee to 1 million people because I don't know if we have enough of a draw here. I know for people that have been here for a long time, watching the city transform, it really is a beautiful thing. There are certainly more things to do here. There's neighborhoods are really blossoming. It's a good food scene in Milwaukee. There's a lot of places to eat. Like I said on a previous program, there is a place or a neighborhood for your mood. <sighs> Favorite neighborhoods in Milwaukee. Um, probably Cathedral Square, Lenox Heights, and Story Hill. Story Hill's beautiful. Houses beautiful. Location is perfect. It's kind of it's tucked away. It's nestled between West Blue Mound, West Wisconsin Avenue. It is just north of American Family Field. Beautiful houses, incredible architecture. It's quiet. It's nice. You don't really hear a lot of crime stuff taking place in the Story Hill neighborhood. When I happen to venture through it, I don't see a lot of squad cars roaming around. That's actually a good sign. Where I do see a lot of police, it means that a police presence is requested and is necessary. When I travel to different places and neighborhoods and I don't see a lot of cops, I think it's very, very safe. We got a crime problem in this city. There's a lot of crime all over the country. But for a city as small as ours, we really cannot wrap our hands around it. Like It's a bunch of children that are getting killed and doing the killing. What, a teenager was stabbed? A 43rd and Good Hope? Did I read that right? Like, I don't really cover the murder stories because that would be all I talk about. But I don't know how we can wrap our arms around the children that are that are killing because they're ruining their lives. Here's how I feel about murder. And it's complicated because every situation is different. Unless it was deemed by the community as reasonable self-defense. Because even if somebody kills somebody in self-defense, we count that as a homicide. So when we hear the overall numbers for homicides in the city, we call it murders. Like, oh, there was 227 murders in the city of Milwaukee last year or whatever the number was. Some of those were self-defense. They don't parse out self-defense. A more accurate description would be this is the number of homicides. And homicide simply is it doesn't apply, doesn't include guilt or innocence. Homicide is one homo sapien killing another homo sapien for whatever the reason is. But if it was deemed or adjudicated self-defense, somebody got arrested because if you kill somebody in self-defense, expect to get arrested and expect your legal bills to be north of $20,000, even if it was self-defense. John Chisholm is going to try and prosecute you unless it's a totally cut and dry circumstance where everything is caught on video and surveillance cameras and cell phone cameras. You're going to get arrested and they're going to book you. Doesn't mean you're going to prison forever, but it's, you're going to worry about your life for a while. But if you kill somebody out of revenge, out of anger, a relationship gone wrong, or if you're involved in underhanded, sinister activities, and that's a tough conversation to have because sometimes 
People are thrust into the underworld because growing up, that's all they saw. There are children in this city who don't really know what right from wrong is because they're being told right from wrong, but all they see is the wrong. And so we thrust children into a world of criminality and that that's their developmental environment. That's where, and that's, it's terribly unfortunate because the rules are different and the culture is different. It oftentimes growing up in those environments, like law enforcement is not somebody that you rely on. You take the law into your own hands and that's, that's shameful. That's a problem. That's something we all need to deal with. But at the same time, problems in the black community are not just problems in the black community. They're all of our problems. They're all of our problems. Just because you're not black doesn't mean it doesn't impact you. It does. You're going to pay for it one way or another. And until we start seeing community problems that might be impacting one race more than another as everybody's problem, then we're not going to grow the city to a million people and we are going to be stuck. We're going to be stagnant. And to be stuck and to be stagnant in the 21st century means you're actually on a decline. But if you kill somebody maliciously because you're evil, because you lost control of your temper or a robbery attempt, maybe a successful robbery, and you murder somebody, you murder somebody in their home, you murder somebody in, in their business, we don't want you back. I don't know how much more clear I can be about this because what I'm starting to see is we talk about the people that have committed crimes, some violent, and how they struggle to find a job. Oh, it's so rough for me. Yes, I committed an armed carjacking and I shot two kids and I did 30 years in prison, but I just want a job. No, you don't. We got to have a boundary here. We got to set a standard. We need a, It needs to be reinforced. And I don't know when we start reinforcing it. I don't know age two. If you kill somebody, unless it is adjudicated self-defense or deemed legitimate self-defense by our community, we don't want you back. There's no redeeming yourself. This is my personal opinion. Now, you can go to Christ and you can like get all religious, but we don't want you back because you killed somebody and that family will grieve forever. And we're at a, at a point now where we're being much more sympathetic to people that terrorized us. The stigma that we have still to this day that all black people wear like an albatross around our neck was caused by some of these malicious folks that killed us, that robbed us, and did things even worse than that that I'm not at liberty to talk about on the air, but then we're supposed to welcome them back? No, don't come back. If people need to know that if because of your anger, because of your temper, if you kill somebody, you're going to serve a life sentence, even if your confinement was 15 years. You will not be welcomed back because you killed somebody. And I don't think we take it that serious. We hear about murders and we hear about homicides. And to us, it's just a number, something we shake our head at or we'll say is some platitude like we sure need to put the guns down. So if you're a killer or if it's in you to kill, you like no, there's no disincentive. You're like, oh, well, I'll just kill this person and worry about the consequences later. You need to know that before you pull that trigger or before you draw that knife or whatever that murder weapon is, you will not 
ever, ever, ever be welcome back here. We're not going to have a bunch of programs for you. Not going to have a whole bunch of sympathy for you. We're not going to do news specials during Black History Month about all these people that committed these terrible crimes that are struggling to get a firm footing in a changing economy. We don't care. You're not welcome. You have excommunicated yourself from our community. Now, we can argue. We can debate. We can even fist fight. Remember fist fights? Remember that? It used to happen sometimes, sometimes in the classroom, sometimes in the lunchroom, sometimes on the street. Sometimes people would fist fight and one of them would be naked. One of them would be wearing underwear. This fist fights would happen and you fight. And then that's what happened. Maybe you get a black eye or something, chip a tooth. That's okay. But when you kill, you need to know. And kids need to know this. If you kill somebody, I hope it was worth it because you didn't just take their life. You took your life, too. Now, I got to be clear in cases of self-defense where it was adjudicated as such or if the community deems, no, that was legitimate self-defense. That person was coming to harm you and you shot them to protect yourself and your children and your family. All right. OK. But to kill someone out of spite or out of anger or out of a general sense of maliciousness, you can't come back. And they and people need to know that. And I don't know if we're reinforcing that enough because people think it's sweet that the number of kids, 15, 16 year old that aren't, that don't even know how to think yet. They have nothing. They have no education. They have no skills and they're killers. They're murderers. Their lives are essentially over. Their lives are over before they start. Their lives are over before they even find out who they actually are as people. We got like that's our responsibility to tell these young people, if you kill someone, your life is just as over as the person that you kill. So when we put it in that perspective, maybe people have um, a different point of view when they argue or when they have a beef with somebody. Because what are these teenagers even arguing about? Serious. A girl. Fellas, we don't do that anymore, do we? We don't argue over. Do we still argue and kill people over? A woman, like if somebody's trying to harm your woman, your wife, or your girlfriend, totally different. But if she like leaves because she likes another man, don't kill either one of them. Just let them, let them go. All right, two zero six nine three one says the refugees. I'm assuming from Ukraine can come to Sherman Park. We're probably the most diverse neighborhood in Milwaukee. Huh? You know what? Other than a small or non-existent Latino population, are there Asians in Sherman Park? There's probably Hmong. You know, the Hmong are all in the North side. They just, they're quiet. They just have their chickens in their front yard. They just don't even really bother anybody. The monks have been our friends and our neighbors since they came over here after the Vietnam War, but we don't really interact with the monks very much. I dated a monk girl once. She was first generation. Her parents were from, where are her parents? Laos, they're from. Her father helped the American servicemen and women in the Vietnam war. And then he was granted refugee status and ultimately citizenship. As you guys know, some years ago, there was a real big push to help Hmong veterans 
and Southeast Asian veterans of the Vietnam War because they helped us fight off the Viet Cong. And then because they helped us and like they couldn't stay in their country because the Viet Cong was going to round them all up and kill them. Because if you helped the Americans and you stayed in Thailand or if you stayed in Laos or if you stayed in Vietnam, they would just slaughter you. So we brought them all over here. Like, yeah, yeah, you can totally come to America. And so we come to find out a lot of those Southeast Asian, let's, let's call them what they are, veterans of the Vietnam War were suffering from a lot of the inflictions and the ailments that U.S. veterans were suffering as well. But our Southeast Asian brothers and sisters could not apply for VA benefits. And that breaks my heart because, you know, Agent Orange is a poison. It's a, a, a foliage, a defoliager. What's the call? A, something foliage where you spray it on the trees and all the trees die because the jungles were very thick and the Viet Cong were like hiding in trees and we couldn't see them. So we sprayed Agent Orange on the a deforester. What the hell is that word? Somebody text me that word. A defoliager. Well, anyway, it's a chemical that they sprayed on the trees in the jungle. So the jungles were bare so we could see the Viet Cong running through the jungle and we could shoot them real a lot. Well, that got a lot of people sick. Or if you are in the U.S. military, you got veterans benefits. But if you were a Southeast Asian person fighting with the United States and you got sick, we didn't offer you anything. And I still think that's very sad. There was a pretty significant political movement to get Southeast Asian veterans VA benefits. And like that should have been all of our fight, but it wasn't. And that's sad because I don't think they have VA benefits to this day. Avery Shelton says Milwaukee also has one of the most vibrant performing arts communities in the country. For a city of our size, we have more theaters and stages than virtually any other city entertainment and food are at a premium here. I could not agree more. I love going to see shows at the Milwaukee Theater, at the Paps Theater. I was just at the Milwaukee Theater. I went to go see Louis C.K. If you're not familiar with Louis C.K., I think he is a comedic genius. Like, you know, I like Dave now. Dave is very good. Dave is my favorite. Dave is the GOAT. Saw Dave when he opened up Summerfest in September of 2021. Dave was good. In fact, when but right before we shut down for COVID in... It's March of 2020, the last show that Dave Chappelle did before COVID was at the Paps Theater. I sat so close. I, I paid money to go see Dave. There was one day, do y'all remember I started my radio show? Like, I didn't even care that my microphone was on. I was trying to buy Dave Chappelle tickets while my show started, and I didn't even care. I was just on the microphone at the same time I was buying Dave Chappelle tickets. I met Dave Chappelle at a Bucks game, highlighted my life. He touched my shoulder. I said something to him and he laughed. Like I blacked out whenever I talked to Dave. I didn't even know what I was saying. I couldn't be like, and Dave started laughing. And then this white guy sitting next to me took a picture and he sent it to me. Classic. But no, I love going to see live entertainment here in the city of Milwaukee. Like there's a place or a performance for your mood. Some of y'all went to that Louis C.K. show. How do I know? Because I saw you there. Louis C.K. is the only white comic that can use the N-word and it's funny. When he said that, he does a joke, and I'm not going to tell it. But he's he's very white, like redhead white, and he uses the N-word in the joke. I've never laughed so hard my entire life, and we're not supposed to laugh at that. And I don't know if any other comedian under the sun could get away with saying the N-word like Louis C.K. did. And because he was able to get away with it, because the joke was so funny, and the way he used it, he used it better than we used it. And it wasn't. 
the the N word wasn't like riddled in the joke. He just said it once, and it was so funny. Could you imagine Jerry Seinfeld using the N word? Well, the guy that used to be on the Seinfeld show, Kramer, didn't he say the N word? And one, that he was actually calling a black person in the crowd an N word or something. That didn't go over well. Jerry Seinfeld couldn't say the N word. And Jerry Seinfeld, for those people that like his brand of comedy, which is a lot of people, he's been doing comedy for probably 40 years, he couldn't say the N word. Hey, all these N words! You're an N word! Now, he can't say it. It'd be terrible if he said that. But I do echo your sentiment, Avery. We do have a lot of. Got Skylight Theater. What other theaters you got? Does it, does it still, we still have the Children's Theater. We got all sorts of theaters here. Dion says, Sherwin, what if you murdered someone in a moment of passion? Nah. No, that's not going to happen. That's not going to in a moment of passion. Like what? Like. If I was married and divorced my wife and she got the house and my Ferrari in Brentwood, California, and I went to my house, well, my former house that I lost to my wife in a divorce, and she's driving around the city in my Ferrari that I lost in a divorce, and I go to my old house and I see my ex-wife with some dude laying up in my house, and she's driving my Ferrari. You mean a moment of passion like that? If I, if I did a moment of passion like that, Dion, I'd get acquitted. So I don't I don't think I could ever get angry to the point where I would murder. Like murder for me, I shouldn't even call it murder. If I had to defend myself and as a result, not even my property, defending myself, my own life. And if I have to do that to defend myself and, and my loved ones from someone who is trying to do me, them or us great bodily harm, that ain't murder. That's you had that coming. That's you wanted that. You God called you that day and he asked me to to deliver your beautiful death. So I, I see that as different. It's not me like being in traffic and somebody cuts me off. I'm, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to murder you. No, I just do what everybody else does. Say a bunch of cuss words in my car and flip them to bird and then see if they're going to chase me. Because that's what we do nowadays. You ever get into a little road rage incident with somebody? Right. You cussing them out and he's yelling and screaming and they can read your mouth and then all of a sudden you pull up to the next stoplight and the next stoplight is red and they're right next to you. Whoop, that's tense because that's where a lot of people get shot. But I don't think that I would get so angry that I would murder somebody. So yeah, you're right, John. If I lived in Brentwood, California, and I was married, and I used to play a lot of football, and I was very good at football. I ran very fast with the football, and I was in a bunch of Hertz commercials and a bunch of naked gun and airplane movies, and I'm in the airport jumping over chairs, and I have initials for my name, and I was married, and I got divorced, and my ex-wife is riding around in my Ferrari. She's got a new boyfriend. I don't know how I would feel about that. And then someone would tell me that, oh, sure, when your ex-wife is Buying drugs? Who knows? Take a break. The truth for Sherwin Hughes will be right back. It's the truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
Let's see what we got here. Sir Chauncey says, no, that's not for me. Oh, er herbicide. Didn't they have a different name for it? Wasn't it a, it was deforestation, but herbicides, herbicide, herbicide is used to kill trees, but Okay, I got to look it up. I don't want to Google. I'd rather use y'all to Google when I'm on the air. Okay, what is Agent Orange? And I'm hoping it gives the technical name for it. It contained dioxin. Deforestation. A defoliant. There we go. Agent Orange is a chemical... Herbicide. Is it herbicide? Herbicide. And de defoliant. That's the word I was looking for. Had to go around the block to get next door. John said, I thought you were setting up that story to tie into OJ. Well, Rhea just got mad at me. I can't tell you who Rhea is yet, but you're going to find out because she said it was violence against women. I don't disagree. That was not. OJ didn't do it. Did OJ do it? Do we think that he did? Because what if he didn't do it? What if the killer is still in Brentwood, California? You think he did it, Rhea? He did it. And he got away with it? That's not good. All right. Do you think there's violence against men? Rhea? Oh, you, no, not really? A little, there's a little bit of violence against men, or is it that it's underreported because when men are in domestic violence situations, there's no resources, there's no shelters, they have nowhere to take their kids, so men don't report it. Maybe that could have something to do with it. I also liken a man who gets angry and cannot control his hands is to me the same as a woman that gets angry and cannot control her mouth because both are violence. One is not better and one is not worse than the other. You can kill someone with words, too. The caller says, oh, good grief. Here we go. Which black comic you think would sound most funny saying the H word? And I asked what the H word is. And then the caller says, 101.7%, Professor Hughes, you're not trying to kill me or mine. I'm not trying to kill you. The word George Jefferson used on every episode of the Jeffersons and that I use when Trump or his followers are mentioned in all capital letters. The H word is honky. I think that Cat Williams or Mike Epps would be very funny saying it. The goat Richard Pryor said it best, though. Whites laugh when Rich said it. Well, that's not even um, that's not a slur. We've gone over this before. There are no slurs for white people, y'all. Zero. None. There's no slurs. There's nothing. There is no word. And I'm looking at all the other races, too, because we got some pretty creative racial slurs that are out there. Nothing even comes close to the power of the N-word. There is no racial slur that exists for any other racial group that is as powerful and as stinging as the N-word. Nothing. You know what a honky is? A honky is referring to a white man 
that would pull up to a brothel and he would honk his horn to get a black prostitute to come out and get in his car. That's more demeaning to black women than calling a white person a honky. And most white people don't even know what a honky is. Or then there's the other one, cracker. Cracker is not a racial slur. Cracker is what we call white people when they whipped us because the sound of the whip made a cracking sound. So he was the one that had the whip that made the cracking sound. So we call him the cracker. When you call white people crackers, you remind them of when they used to whip us. Not a racial slur. Again, that's demeaning to black people. There are no racial slurs for white people. That's there's none. Zero. All right, let's talk to Black Conscious. You're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you? Peace and blessings, brother. Peace and blessings right back at you? you. I'm doing okay. Yes. So to answer your questions, a couple of couple of ones you just threw at us. Richard Pryor said it best. Richard Pryor used to say it, and and to me, he was he he gave it a lot of humor. Uh, the other one he used to like to say is Peckerwood too. So those those to get that one. Yeah, that's a little bit more of a stinging racial slur for the white folks. But if they don't know what it means, it doesn't really count. Ah, uh, they know what it means. No, they don't. They know. Northern that's a southern now, thing. Northern white folks don't know what a Peckerwood is. Okay, well they they are learning today. All right, fair enough. All right, the other one, O.J. was found, uh, was, uh, found not guilty, so uh, we don't question, they don't question anything out about a not guilty verdict, so he's not, he's not guilty. So. If he was guilty, he would have been there and serving his time, according to the justice system. But he did go to jail for strong-arm robbery for nine years. He got nine for, to 13 years. For, for trying that. to steal back his mobile. <laughs> wow. So they wind up slamming him with that. You're exactly correct. They couldn't get him on that one, but they showed through the book at him about him going gangster and trying to uh, collect his items that was stolen from him, which he should have just called the cops and they probably would have laughed at him there. But you can't steal. I know it was his. Well, it wasn't his stuff anymore. He lost it or he had to sell it to pay all the settlements and the lawsuits and a wrongful death lawsuit. So because you lose your stuff, you can't rob somebody for stuff that you used to own. So he did commit well, no, this, according to According to the story, this wasn't something that he had sold off. Some type of way this guy got his hands on it and was just selling it without his, uh, his uh, approval of it and was getting quite the money for the items. And I guess that's what pushed him over the ledge to go get him some goons and kick down the doorway off the four fours to get his items back. Do you think OJ did it? What I think is irrelevant. No, 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 no. I'm just curious. I'm just. I. What do you think? You know what? I. I, I don't think about that. I don't give it much. I let it play he, down the court. You thought you think he, was he did it? He did it, right? Uh. Yeah, again, it's not important what I think because that's now in the past. I just know that court found him not guilty. All right. Live righteous, Milwaukee. <laughs> thank you. For your, oh, thank you for your call. I'm not trying to go down the road of racial slurs for white people. There just there aren't any. You can just say mean stuff to them. You can be like, "Oh, you're dumb." Like, that's just as bad of a slur as anything else 
that you could call a white person because it's they don't white people have not been impressed to the point where they won't get a job or they'll be denied the mortgage or we will suspend their right to vote because they are this racial slur. The N word was stamped on us to where it solidified our position in American society. There is no slur. Like there's no racism behind any slur for a white person. So racism is not just, oh, I don't like this person because of their race. It's I don't like them and I have power to harm them. I can take away their rights. I can make them less than a human being. I can kill them with no retribution. I can deny their right to vote. I can deny their right to free expression because of their race. We can just be like prejudiced and bigoted as black people. We can just say a bunch of stuff, but nobody really takes us seriously. Do we? Do they? Do we take each other seriously? Who knows? You're listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 101.7 FM. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Dreams of you, dreams of you are so fine, so fine. Since I woke up, so is my state of mind. And darling, your love is just like music. Wait a second now. Honky is a 1971 movie based on an interracial relationship starring Brenda Sykes as Sheila Smith and John Nelson as Wayne Honky Divine. Honky Tonk is also a 1974 Western film starring... Richard Crenna and Marco Kidder. Additionally, Honky Tonk Man is a 1982 drama film set in the Great Depression. Clint Eastwood, who produced and directed the film, stars in the film with his son, Kyle Eastwood. In the 1973 James Bond movie, Live and Let Die, James Bond is referred to as the honky on three occasions when captured by exclusively black adversaries. A sketch on Saturday Night Live, Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor both use the N-word, Chevy Chase and honky, Richard Pryor, reference to one another during a racist word association interview. One of the funniest pieces of sketch comedy in the history of humanity. If you haven't seen it, please do. <laughs> in the movie National Lampoon's Vacation when the Griswolds visit East St. Louis classic movie National Lampoon's Vacation Beverly D'Angelo, Philip Michael Hall um, and is that the right one? Philip Michael Hall? Is that the black guy? Anthony Michael Hall Beverly D'Angelo, good movie real funny um, when the Griswolds in National Lampoon's vacation visit East St. Louis, a local gang member removes the wheel covers and writes honky lips in black paint on the right side of the vehicle. 
On the TV series, The Jeffersons, George Jefferson regularly referred to a white person as honky or whitey, as did Red Fox on Sanford and Son. This word would later be popularized in episodes of Mork and Mindy by Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters. So it appears a lot. Maybe it's honky-tonk music. Maybe that's where they get it from. But the definition that I had, for, I hope I'm not offending people with this word. It's just such a silly word, and it doesn't doesn't incite the same kind of emotion that the N-word incites when you're talking to a black African-American person. But it's heavily used in popular culture. In a Family Guy episode, Brian sings and swings. Peter Griffin uses the word to try to get out of jury duty. These and other shows, as exemplified by the controversial All in the Family, classic American TV show, attempted to expose racism and prejudice as an issue in society using the subversive weapon of humor. However, the effect that this theme had on television created both negative and positive criticisms of the use of anti-racist messages usually escalates the use of racial slurs. The presence of higher education may have countermanded this effect. So the definition that I was always told of the H word now referred to as honky referred to white men honking their horn to get a black woman to come out of a brothel and they call, oh, the honkies are here because they honk the horn. But who knows? Like, Marquis says white trash. That's a, that's a term that white people use for one another. And when they do it, I just listen. It's funny when they talk about each other like that. It's like two drag queens calling each other the B word. It's really funny. So, like, you, I can't call a drag queen a B word. That'd be terrible. It's, I can't say that. But two drag queens that are slapping each other and, like, pulling each other's wigs off, calling each other the B word, that's hilarious. Is it not? Or do I have a twisted sense of humor? The caller says, Oh, good Lord. See this, you know what the caller, I think this goes to show that we just don't know the origin of the word. The caller says some believe honky is a term created because many whites speak through their noses and sound like a honking horn. Crackers, some believe, is due to their skin looking like a cracker. Okay. We're done with that. Can we be done with the racial slurs? Okay, good. Disclosed communications push Fox News scandal to a new level. Before I get into this and how we come to find out that Fox News anchors and hosts, namely Tucker Carlson, who I thought was one of Trump's biggest supporters, certainly his ally in the media, to say the very least, actually hates that man. And the fact that he could wear such a mask to pretend like he loved him and he supported Donald Trump and Trumpism and supported all of his followers it's it's hurtful to me because how someone who who occupies such a very, very powerful public position could lie every single night for years on behalf of a man who was destroying the country. And if a lot of Donald Trump's support and his support is solid, he's still leading against all Republican candidates who are seeking the 2024 nomination for president. If some of that affection for Donald Trump came from Fox News and how they talked about him and how they supported him and how they made Donald Trump become the victim and that he's the next great coming of American excellence. 
I can't even explain to you how that makes me feel because people were lied to flat out. They didn't believe any of that stuff, even about January 6th. They knew it was a riot. They knew it was an attempted revolution to overthrow the government. They knew that members of the House and members of the U.S. Senate lives were in danger. They knew that over 100 cops got injured and four, five, six police ended up dying from their injuries sustained or they committed suicide because of what happened on January 6th. And the way that they tried to they promoted it and the way they talked about it, it was just a bunch of tourists is disgusting to me because what that ultimately does is it discredits all media. We're not in the business of news. We're not in the, the business of, of telling y'all stories. We're not in the business of making y'all laugh. We are in the trust business. You all have to trust us. And if you don't trust one of us, then it's easy not to trust all of us. Here's another example. Politicians. If one politician lies, people think they all lie. And that impacts our democracy. But the way that Fox News abused their audience is despicable. If there's a conspiracy in this country other than like the Kennedy assassination. I think the conspiracy is if you can keep Americans ignorant, if you can create an alternative reality, and maybe we should have listened to Kellyanne Conway when she said alternative facts. There is no such thing as alternative facts. That administration would just make up new terminology and they had an entire cable news network to fortify everything they were saying, including the lies. Don't get me started on how many people are dead when it comes to COVID because they listened exclusively to medical advice given by people on Fox News. There are people here that don't ever have to worry about getting COVID because of the stuff they learned on Fox News. They don't have to worry about getting COVID because they're dead. So there's that. It's despicable. But if there is a conspiracy, it is to keep people ignorant. And this goes across all races and goes across all cultures, because if you keep people ignorant, you can lie to them and you can empty their pockets. Because if you cannot build something, if you cannot produce something with your own hands or with your mind, right, you don't have the wherewithal to be able to do that or the intelligence or the resource to build something and create something. Then you know what you're going to do to supplement the fact that you can't build and create. You're going to buy something. They will sell you stuff. If you keep people ignorant, you can tell them what to think. And if you can tell somebody what to think, their pocketbook will follow. And that troubles me. That entire news network is built upon capitalizing off of anxieties and fears and xenophobia and racism and homophobia and transphobia to keep people who feel that way together collectively right keep them all together like they're not crazy because we got a whole news network we got a whole media outlet that shares things the way we understand them they believe what we believe no they don't they're lying to you so they can pick your pocket i'll read the msnbc article when i return from this brief intermission the truth was sure when he was will be right back You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
I may live to regret this, but okay. John, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. I would like to hear uh, your perspective on how you believe I am being dishonest and or deceptive with my delivery. Um, Well, the reason I'm saying that you're being dishonest and deceptive is because um, you're right as far as certain news outlets um, changing the narrative to fit their own agendas or purposes. But you're, you're taking the stories and you're twisting it to seem like it's just them. And if we want to just use the name CNN, does the same exact thing. The fear tactics, the agendas, all of that kind of stuff is not just coming through Fox. Okay. It's coming through both those outlets. So you actually want so to compare the, the two? Like, you think that that's uh, an equal and a fair comparison where someone like Tucker Carlson, who admitted he personally hates Trump, but supported him and everything he did and even softened the conversations about January 6th just so the stock price of Fox News Corporation would go up and so the company made money intentionally deceiving people for a stock price and if you want to compare another news outlet then that's the standard that you have to use so I would love to hear how CNN intentionally lied about Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Barack Obama where the anchors actually hated those people but promoted them anyway now is it propaganda it is but Fox News went above and beyond well, in promoting and softening Trump and deceiving people to make money. CNN does the same thing. Too Give me an example. Sherman. I want an example. Sherman so needs I an example. I, I don't. I, I, you just all you do is turn it on and listen to no, it. No, I'm not. You know, the, the, John, you there's a lot of people it, listening to us right now. So you can't just say, OK, CNN does the same thing. You got me. You got me listening when you say CNN does the same thing. But you have to give us an example. Okay. All right, now <clears throat> let's just look at the uh, let's look at the tapes, for example. Now, if if you shut the 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 uh, the audio off and you don't know where it is, you know, like people look at video itself, and you shut the audio off and you see exactly what's happening. You don't the person seeing exactly what's happening. The person that's watching it does not have the ability to say, well, they're saying this or they're saying that. I can make that that um, decision myself by saying what I'm seeing. But then when you have an outlet, let's talk about CNN, and they purposely do not show information that is there why why won't you purposely why would you purposely not show it when it's there in your face for the people to see so they can make the decision so what they do and this is you know really kind of propagation and um um what did cnn not show let's start there like what did they keep from the american people when that that when, when that dude um was uh arrested I can't remember what the name, you know, he had the funny outfit on and all that kind of stuff. And they showed the clip specifically with him just seemingly like he's um, causing all of this chaos and stuff. But when it was, but when the, the other faction of the film was being showed that he was being walked through 
the uh, um, through the through the courthouse or not the courthouse. I can't think. You talking about the guy that was wearing the Viking helmet that had his shirt off and had his face? Brother, he went to federal prison. He's in federal prison in Virginia. Yeah, I understand okay. that. But when you see when you see both, both both factions, when you see the whole film, when you see the whole video, the whole video is not the video does not represent what CNN was putting on TV. The story Do You know the CNN John, I got to interrupt you here. You know that the only person uh-huh. that got 40,000 hours worth of body camera footage from the Capitol Police and from all the surveillance cameras inside the Capitol that day was Tucker Carlson. Do you know that other media have not even been permitted? Now they're saying the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is going to release all that video footage. They provided it to Fox News and Tucker Carlson specifically. So if CNN didn't show something, brother, that's because they didn't have it. That's why they didn't show it. But say you believe that, but that's not true. You no, no, no. That true. came from the actual they, speaker they have, of the house, Kevin it. McCarthy. He said he is now because he oh, controls so the House of Representatives. He gets to release the video. They of, sent it to Tucker Carlson exclusively. Cash. Okay, well, I, we're not going to see eye to eye. I was waiting for an example where you oh, could it, prove where CNN, MSNBC, or NBC, or CBS News, I or was, any of them is on par with the lies and deception, like blatant lies, blatant deception no, that Fox saying, News exhibits. You're saying that they did. You're saying that they didn't have it, but it's easy for you to say that they didn't have it, just as it's easy for me to say that they did have it. Well, if the Speaker of the House said he is now going to provide the video that he provided to Tucker Carlson to other media outlets, it's safe. Why did he say that? Why did he? Because there's so I got to get to the story, and once I get to the story, it might make a little bit more sense for you because Fox News is being sued. They're being sued for defamation, and in okay, we're not going to be able to have a conversation here. So, I. I wanted him to give me an example. Like, I'm interested to hear if we have other news outlets that are based in America that are being as intentionally deceptive as Fox News. Then give me you got to You got to give me something. You can't be. Well, they had did it because they did. Oh, OK. Well, do you have any evidence of that? I have the evidence of my thought. OK, let me see here. When Dominion voting systems filed its defamation case against Fox News, the political world may not have been fully prepared for the significance of the revelations. To a very real degree, some observers, many of whom were already inclined to believe the worst about the controversial network, weren't quite cynical enough about what the public might learn. Let me be clear. Everybody at Fox News knew that Donald Trump was lying about the election. They knew that Joe Biden had won. There was no fraud. There was no uh, underhanded tricks to deceive the election. No votes were stolen. No dead people were stolen. They all knew that at Fox News. And they admitted they knew that Joe Biden won the election, but they intentionally kept that lie going on purpose to keep listeners and viewers glued to that network. They knew they were lying and they did it anyway. The truth was sure when he was will be right back for hour three. 